Welcome back to Two Sisters and a TV, the classic TV podcast where we remember and celebrate everything, all things classic TV. Today we're going to take a look back at Different Strokes, one of the most popular TV series of the late 70s and the 80s. A fixture over on NBC running for eight years, seven of those years on NBC, its final season being over on ABC. It was initially titled 45 Minutes from Harlem. However, the title was changed to different strokes from the line from Muhammad Ali, who would appear in a season one episode, by the way. His line, which said, different strokes for different folks. And that's why they changed the name. That's how they got the inspiration for the title, Different Strokes. Different Strokes made its debut on November the 3rd, 1978. It initially aired on Friday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 Central. Now, that's how I missed it initially. Because for me, Friday nights were all about CBS. Now, as of November 1978, well, the lineup that I watched every Friday night consisted of Wonder Woman, followed by The Incredible Hulk, followed by Flying High. And I loved that lineup. Love it to this day. And so I was all about CBS on Friday night. So that's how I missed Different Strokes in the beginning. I heard about it, read about it in Jet Magazine, TV Guide. So I knew about it, but again, I was not going to deviate from my Friday night CBS lineup to check it out. However, when it switched nights, it switched over to Wednesday night in the second season. That's when I discovered it. Well, no, I take that back. I forgot about the summer reruns that we had. That was when I discovered Different Strokes during the summer reruns because I already seen the episodes for Wonder Woman, The Incredible Hulk, and Flying High. So I used that summer rerun period to become acquainted with Different Strokes. Fell in love with it right away. My family and I did. It was a funny show, very enjoyable. Lots of serious themes throughout the eight years of that show. Now, in the beginning, it was supposed to be, well, first of all, Conrad Bain, who portrayed Mr. Drummond, had been on Maude for six years. He was, of course, Dr. Arthur Harmon. For those of you who don't remember Maude, first of all, it's on Antenna TV every Saturday night at 11 o'clock Eastern, 10 Central. The entire series is available on DVD. I'm sure it's also streaming somewhere, probably over on Hulu or somewhere, or Pluto. But at one point, he was married to... Um, I cannot think of her name. Vivian. Vivian was was portrayed by Rue McClanahan. So just picture this in your mind. Mr. Drummond being married to Blanche Devereaux from the Golden Girls. So anyway, when Maude came to an end in 1978, Norman Lear and he got together and they said that, uh, Norman Lear said that he would develop a brand new show for Conrad Bain. That brand new show was Different Strokes. Initially, it was supposed to just revolve around Conrad Bain and Gary Coleman, who, were, who portrayed Arnold Jackson. Gary Coleman, very uh, likable, funny TV child star. He made appearances in episodes of The Jeffersons, as well as Good Times. And he had an amazing you know, sense of humor. His comedic timing was really on point. And so they were going to just, just do the episode about the two of them, but the producers decided, well, I think we should give Gary another kid 
to play off of and to go back and forth with. And so that's how Todd Bridges came into being. That's how he joined the show. He didn't have to audition because the producers had seen him on the TV show Fish over on ABC. That was a spinoff of Barney Miller. I loved Fish. That was such a funny show. And my favorite character on Fish was Todd Bridges' character named Loomis. So that interests me at well that interested me as well that Loomis was gonna be on a brand new TV show. So I definitely couldn't wait to check that out. But that was a great idea to have both Gary and Todd on different strokes, you know, to have the brothers there together. That made a lot of sense of Arnold being an only child. Now, of course, Mr. Drummond had a daughter, Kimberly, portrayed by Dana Plato. Now, in the beginning, you didn't see her a lot. She was in the first episode, a couple other first season episodes. She was not a regular cast member in the beginning because Kimberly was away in boarding school. That's how the Facts of Life became came into being because that's where Kimberly attended school, the Eastland School. And so she was away, and you didn't see her all the time. But the producers decided, we're like, well, what should we do about Kimberly? Should we just, you know, have her show up every now and then? Should we write her out all together? How should we proceed with this character? But the audiences really liked Kimberly. She was my favorite on the show. She was my favorite by far. And lots of other people felt the same way, no doubt. So they decided to bring her on board. And she left Eastland eventually. And she was attending regular public school. And so she was home all the time. And she was a regular cast member going forward. So different strokes, definitely the product of a lot of controversy. Because we're talking about a white man adopting two African-American boys. Now, the premise was that their mother worked for Mr. Drummond. And when she became ill and passed away, she asked Mr. Drummond to take care of her boys, Willis and Arnold, which he readily and gladly agreed to do. And of course, you've had people complain through the years. Well, how come she left her kids with her boss? Why did she leave him with this white man? Didn't she have any other relatives? I mean, sometimes you, you don't. There, there are people out there who really don't have a lot of family or they have very little family. They have no family at all. Maybe that was her story. Maybe she didn't trust her family enough to take care of her boys. Maybe she trusted Mr. Drummond enough, knowing that he would provide for them not only financially, but that he would give them the love that they needed. So that criticism, I always thought, was just really unwarranted. And then, of course, you had, you know, the, the show got lots of hate mail. You know, the KKK was sitting in hate mail. And, you know, there was definitely controversy about it. But they kept the show going because it was, this was another Norman Lear series produced by his uh, production company, Tandem. Norman Lear, not one to back down for any kind of controversy. Never done it before. He wasn't going to do it now. So they kept going with the show. And I'm glad that they did because Different Strokes was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, the episodes, they had so many funny episodes, so many really good ones. And the characters were all really adorable and really enjoyable. And of course, in the beginning, you had Mrs. Garrett. She was the housekeeper. She replaced um, Willis and Arnold's mother. And she was portrayed by Charlotte Ray, of course. And it was just a great show to watch. I remember, like I said, we liked it from the very beginning. And the entire series is available on DVD. Um, it too is streaming, not sure where, but it's streaming somewhere. It's still very popular even today. You know, people still love different strokes. Whether you grew up with it like we did, or you discovered it later on, or if you were an adult at the time, it still has a very loyal following even to this day, all these years later. 
But as I said, it was moved over in the second season to Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 Eastern, which was kind of funny for me because, well, Wednesday nights for me was about ABC. Um, It was about 8 is Enough and Charlie's Angels and Vegas. But by the fall of 1979, Kate Jackson had left Charlie's Angels. She'd been fired from the show. And so the show is just not the same for me because Kate, Kate Jackson, I all but idolized her. You know, she was my role model after my mother, for the kind of woman that I wanted to be when I grew up. And so when it came to celebrities, you know, like my mom was first and then Kate Jackson was in second place. I loved her little page boy haircut. I wanted to cut my hair short when I became an adult. I've done that many times. Um, I liked her little pinto, her little orange and white pinto that she drove. I liked the fact that she was the smart angel. She was the intelligent angel. And so when she left, I mean, I just kind of began to watch Charlie's Angels less and less. And so I started watching, we started watching different strokes more and more by that point. Because what I would do, I would watch Eight is Enough, turn to different strokes, and then I would turn back to Charlie's Angels and then I would, you know, watch Vegas. And that was my uh, my Wednesday night lineup uh, during the 1979-1980 season. That was the way that I had it all planned out. But um, the show, like I said, had uh, some of its highest ratings in seasons two and se- seasons three, rather, in seasons four. And, um, you know, the, the kids, especially Gary Coleman, became the highest paid child star on television. One thing, his parents were very greedy. His dad quit his job. They were living off of their son. You know, Gary Coleman had a serious kidney ailment. That's why he had, you know, he didn't grow to be very tall. He was sick a lot during his time on the show. Oftentimes, he would be dog sick on the set. He There were times when he could have been in an episode or could be in it barely because he was so sick. He was a very sickly little boy. And because of that, and his parents were just, I mean, the boy could never get any kind of rest. Even when Different Strokes went on hiatus, he was still working. Now, Todd Bridges' mother, who was an actress herself, Betty Bridges, made sure that Todd took his hiatus time off to rest. She didn't want him working, you know, 12 months out of the year, you know, just working constantly. So... She made a good decision in that regard, but Gary's parents kept him working around the clock 12 months straight. Gary was doing TV specials. He was doing TV movies. There was a Gary Coleman cartoon. He was everywhere. He was all over the place in those days. And he was a really funny little boy and everything, and I really liked him, but they overworked him. Bad enough to do that to a kid that has good health, who's in good health, but to do that to a child who is sick... With a kidney ailment, he had kidney transplants during his time on different strokes. And it made him really difficult to deal with, you know, the fact that his parents were pushing him to work all the time. And then, of course, he was the highest paid child star on TV. His parents demanded that he have a salary increase. He was earning $1,800 an episode, but they demanded $30,000 an episode. Of course, they got it. I mean, they were sued by Tandem Productions in the beginning, but in, at the end of the day, they got what they wanted. Because he, you know, they basically told the producers, you know, hey, look, y'all know Gary's the star of this show. If there's no Gary, there's no show. And we'll take Gary off of this show. And so they had to, you know, give in. 
because yeah, I mean, it was all about Arnold and all his, what you talking about, Willis and all that. So they knew that they had to, you know, give in to their demands. But because of that, Gary was very difficult on set. He was known for being very disrespectful to adults who worked on the show, not Conrad Bain. The kids all love Conrad Bain. They're very respectful of he and Charlotte Ray, as well as the other adults who worked on the show. Um, you know, but it was the people behind the scenes that they could be, that Gary could be pretty rude to. I know one time, someone on the set said that they saw him go into a complete conniption because he couldn't get a cheeseburger when he wanted it. He wanted to stop taping because he wanted this cheeseburger. He wanted it right then and there. He wanted it now. And he had this little hissy fit. And of course, you know, one of the adults that he was pushing around ran off set to get get him this cheeseburger and he would not resume work until he got it. He was difficult to deal with. He's very demanding, very difficult. And I think that the fact that he was overworked and then of course he was also overpaid and fame went to his head. And then of course, like I said, his, you know, his illness, all of that definitely affected his attitudes. So he was very temperamental, not the nicest kid to deal with on the show. Todd and Dana definitely had problems of their own. Dana definitely, um, she lived with her mom. Dana was adopted like Gary was. And her mom didn't really have a lot of rules. So Dana could just kind of run wild. Dana could do whatever she wanted. Todd, well, you know, his parents, you know, his father was abusive. Todd was molested by one of his father's friends. His father did not believe him. Um... Todd's mother was a good mother, but she was very controlled by, you know, his father, by her husband. So these kids were definitely going through a lot of drama in their personal lives. I mean, they were happiest, especially Todd and Dana, when they were on the set pretending to be Kimberly and Willis, because being Todd and Dana was not nearly as easy for them as being Kimberly and Willis. But through it all, you couldn't tell about any of this because Different Strokes was a big success. It hit its highest number in the ratings during the 1980-81 season. It peaked at number 17, so it was in the top 20. Again, it was very, very popular. I, like I said, watched it every week, didn't miss it. The theme song, performed by Alan Thicke, along with Linda Harmon and his wife, Gloria Loring, and Jean Morford. I didn't even realize for years Alan Thicke was singing the song. Just, just didn't put two and two together. Alan Thicke, you know, the dad from Growing Pains. <laughs> He's the one who composed and wrote the, he composed the theme song and then he helped to sing it too. Also, uh, not only did Alan Thicke compose it, Al Burton composed it along with, you know, again, Gloria Loring, who was Alan Thicke's wife. Gloria Loring was a soap opera actress on Days of Our Lives. She also composed and sang the Facts of Life theme song in seasons two through nine. Um, but again, different strokes, must-see TV. They had some really serious episodes. I mean, some of the ones that come to mind was the one when Arnold had to have an operation. I think he had to have his appendix out. And he was um, in the hospital. His roommate was this little girl named Alice. Alice was a little white girl. And they become really good friends. But Alice's father did not want her in the room with a black boy. That episode definitely sticks in my mind. There's also the episode where Willis moved out. Um, he and Mr. Drummond were not getting along, so he moved out. He moved in with a friend of his named Jerry. Jerry was an alcoholic, although Willis was in denial about it, as was Jerry himself. And in the end, Jerry was killed in a car accident. 
There's also the episode when Kimberly and Arnold were out hitchhiking, trying to buy Mr. Drummond a birthday present, and they were abducted and held hostage for a while. There was the episode when Kimberly was dating this guy, I think his name was David, and he had a sister, and his sister and Willis were really getting along really well, but he didn't want his sister to date Willis because Willis was black. And, you know, this was uncovered, Arnold found it out, recorded on his tape recorder. And so that, too, an unforgettable episode. I think probably the most unforgettable episode within Different Strokes Run was the Bicycle Man episode. Where you got this Bicycle Man, I can't remember his name, and he was giving Arnold and his friend Dudley alcohol. And he basically tried to molest them. That episode still to this day in 2023 really, 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 really creeps me out. It's very, very disturbing. It disturbed me back then when I was, what was I, about 12 when I first saw it? Creeped me out back then really badly. But even as as a middle-aged adult, that episode still bothers me. It's very, very disturbing. But these were the special quote-unquote episodes of Different Strokes. They had a lot of those. Um, And like I said, the episodes, I mean, they, it gave the chance, I think, for kids and parents to have that dialogue about, you know, hitchhiking, racism, um, molestation, you know, pedophiles. It it really, really gave, uh, because every time we, there was a, a special episode, Different Strokes, you know, we definitely talked about it in our house. We would discuss it after it was over at length. So I think it was a good thing that they had these episodes. Of course, you had the fun ones, the you know the, the regular funny ones, but you had the really serious special ones. And I think it was really good that they, you know, did that. I think it really did a lot for a lot of kids. I know it did a lot for us to have those episodes, although they were uncomfortable to watch sometimes. I think that it was a really good thing that they did. Um... Later on down the road, of course, first of all, before I forget, Janet Jackson joined the show in 1980. She was Willis' girlfriend, Charlene, and they dated in real life. They remain good friends today, to this very day. They're still close friends. And I just thought that Janet Jackson, because she had just got done with good times the year before, she had evolved so much in one year. T- in one year's time, was unbelievable. She was just gorgeous, and I had her poster on my wall. I had this big Janet Jackson poster on my wall when I was a kid. Which is on different strokes. We bought her first album, which was released in 1982. We still have it. So I was a fan of Janet Jackson before Janet Jackson became Janet Jackson, if that makes any sense. Before the control Janet Jackson of the mid-80s came along and the Rhythm Nation Janet Jackson came along, I was a huge fan of hers. And it all started from her time on Different Strokes. But later on down the line, the ratings did kind of begin to drop a little bit. They began to kind of dip. And so that producers decided to bring in some fresh blood, some new characters. So that's when you meet, that's when we met, rather, Maggie and Sam. Mr. Drummond ended up marrying Maggie. Maggie was portrayed by Dixie Carter, who'd go on to be in Designing Women. And you had her little boy, her little redheaded boy, Sam, portrayed by Danny Cooksley. I think that's his last name, Cooksley or Cooksley, one of the two. Um, A lot of people to this day really don't like Sam. They find Sam annoying. Sam killed the show. Sam was like Oliver on the Brady Bunch, all this type of stuff like that. 
we don't, you know, as for us, yeah, my sister's really annoyed by Sam. I'm not going to lie about that. She finds Sam annoying as can be. Me, I can take him and leave him. I thought it was realistic to bring another kid in there, you know, to give Mr. Drummond, a, you know, give him a wife again. He got, you know, remarried because he was a widower. Um, I thought that that was a good move. And I thought that Sam being on the scene was realistic. The fact that she did have a kid, I thought it was just, like I said, real life. So I, I didn't really, I was not really bothered by Sam. I was not really affected by him coming to the show. I wasn't enthusiastic about it, but I did not hate it either. So I was pretty indifferent to him coming to the show. But again, I saw it as being a realistic move because that does happen all the time in real life. But uh, the wedding episode, when Mr. Drummond and Maggie got married, aired on February the 25th, 1984. Now, unfortunately... Dixie Carter was not on different strokes for too, too long. She left after the 1984-85 season because she and Gary Coleman clashed on set frequently. Now, we tried to find out exactly what did they clash about, but we couldn't find anything specific during our research. We just found out that they clashed often and there was tension and animosity between the two of them. So she left the show and Marianne Mobley replaced her as Maggie for the final season. Um, also during the 1983-84 season, Dana Plato became pregnant by her boyfriend. Dana was excited to be a mother. She was looking forward to that and she was so happy to be pregnant and she was going to marry her boyfriend and she thought everything was going to be, you know, you know, peaches and cream. But the thing that she did not know was that the producers decided that they were going to fire her for getting pregnant because they were adamantly... Uh, they were very adamant about the fact that we can't have Kimberly Drummond be pregnant. Although they could have hidden her pregnancy. They do it on TV all the time. There have been so many women in real life who've been pregnant and they hid the pregnancy. They could have definitely done that with Dana. Dana was devastated to be fired from different strokes because she loved working on the show. Her whole life and identity was different strokes and Kimberly Drummond. And when she lost that and then her mother had passed away a short time as ago, uh, a couple years earlier as well. She was just really lost. She was really lost and she'd never recovered from that blow. They let, they, they let her come back um, after she gave birth to her son, Tyler. She came back periodically. She was never a regular character again. She was only on the show periodically, but they did let her come back. Um, but again, it just wasn't the same without Kimberly being there. And I think the, a lot of the viewers felt the same way because the ratings really dipped pretty significantly for the 1984-85 season with her departure. They had Kimberly, they wrote her out. She was living in Paris, going to school, and it just was not the same. You saw less of Willis as well because they were focusing a lot on the relationship between Danny and, not Danny, Sam and Arnold. Because finally Sam... You know, Arnold was going to, was finally going to be, you know, the big brother, the older brother. And he had a little brother who looked up to him. And in real life, Gary Coleman thought it was great. He was very happy to have Sam on the show because he wanted to do other things. He was tired of being, you know, the youngest and, you know, being treated like a baby, being treated like a little boy, but he was really a teenager. And so he wanted to be able to, you know, move into other storylines, which he gradually did. 
you saw Arnold dating and you saw him enter high school and he was in a band and he worked for the school newspaper. And so Sam was the little brother. So Gary Coleman was thrilled by the addition of Sam to the show. Speaking of Sam, another really serious episode, a two-parter was when Sam was kidnapped. And this man was basically trying to replace his son who had passed away with Sam. That was shown in the last season. That, too, a very disturbing episode. But uh, NBC canceled different strokes at the end of the 1984-85 season. The last NBC episode to air aired on April, not April, May 4th, 1985. But ABC decided that they would pick it up. Not sure why they decided to pick it up, but they said they wanted to pick up different strokes. And so it had, it was on ABC for its last season. The first episode for ABC aired on September 27th, 1985. And during that time, like I said, the ratings didn't go up. I mean, the ratings did not really improve. And so... ABC kind of abruptly canceled it. Now, they had ordered 22 episodes. That was the normal order of episodes for a season back then. But they only got up to 19. They didn't even let the cast tape the last three episodes. They canceled it after episode 19 was completed. That episode was titled The Front Page. It was the episode where Arnold was reporting on steroid use at his high school. And because, like I said, he was a part of the school newspaper and he was doing an article on steroid use. And he was, of course, you know, getting into hot water about that. And so after that episode aired, ABC pulled the plug. But the last episode, this last episode, the front page aired on March the 7th, 1985. Now, a lot of the cast members were not happy about the way the show ended because, I mean, Willis was not in the episode. Pearl was not in the episode either. Neither was Kimberly. By the way, after Mrs. Garrett left the show... Adelaide was the housekeeper after Adelaide left and Pearl came along. So, I mean, basically, there was no, there was, the show had been on for eight years. It had been very popular, very beloved by its viewers. And there was no closure. So, this show did not end the way that the cast wanted it to. I think the only person who didn't really care about how it ended was Gary Coleman. Because by this point, he was just exhausted from working all the time he was tired of the show he had dropped the what you talking about line already like about a year or two earlier and ABC said the reason why they canceled the show was because Gary looked angry all the time he looked tired and looked angry all the time and so that's why they canceled the show so quickly which he did look irritable yes but they should have given the show a decent series finale because they cheated the cast, they cheated the writers, everyone who worked on the show, and they also cheated the fans. Because it was disappointing. All of a sudden, Different Strokes is over. You know, it just ended. And there was no finale. I mean, you could have had Mrs. Garrett back, you could have had uh, Charlene back, Mr. Drummond's sister, um, Aunt Sophia, you could have had all them back and had a great final episode. But... They chose not to do that, and they made a really big mistake with that. Now, the only cast member to appear in every episode was Conrad Bain, Mr. Drummond. He was in every single episode of the entire eight seasons. But Different Strokes, 
again, one of our all-time favorites. We'd been playing an episode for a while. Uh, took us some time to get it together. We really want to do some extra research on it. Sadly, the only original cast member of Different Strokes who is still with us today is Todd Bridges. Dana Plato passed away in 1999 due to an accident. Some people say she committed suicide. Some claim it was an accidental drug overdose, but she was only 34 years old. Her son, Tyler, would commit suicide in 2010. Um, he never got over his mother's death, and uh, he took his own life several years you know, after she, after she passed away. Conrad Bain has passed away as um, well as Charlotte Ray and Dixie Carter and Marianne Mobley. Also, the actress who portrayed Adelaide, Ned Revolts, and uh, Gary Coleman has also passed away. He passed away in 2010, I believe it was 2010. He was 42 years old. He, his death is still very suspicious, just like Dana Plato's is. He fell down a flight of stairs, allegedly, and suffered a seizure. Well, they say he suffered a seizure and fell down a flight of stairs and had a a severe head injury and he died several days later. So uh, that's something that people talk about, I think, way too much. Oh, everyone from Different Strokes is dead. I mean, you know, I mean, enjoy the show for what it was. Enjoy the memory of it. Enjoy the fun show that it was. Enjoy the educational show in a way that it was. Remember Nancy Reagan being on the show? Um, she was on there in 1983. She was promoting her Just Say No to Drugs campaign. And she visited Arnold's school. Big, big deal. In Todd Bridges' book, and I have his book. It's right over there in my closet. He said that that very same night after they taped the episode, he and Dana Plato went off and got high. So, uh, yeah, that showed where their feelings were, how their feelings were in regard to doing drugs. But uh, yeah, just enjoy the show, like I said, for, for what it was, and what for all, all of the fun entertainment and laughs that it brought us all, instead of dwelling on who's no longer with us. Yeah, it is kind of surreal that most of the cast has passed away. I agree with that. But people, for me personally, they dwell on it too much. That's something that we talked about before getting this episode, you know, completed, that people dwell on that way too much. They talk about that, about the Jeffersons too. Well, everyone's gone with the Jeffersons. Okay, well, people do pass away. Sometimes they pass away early. And I think that that shouldn't be what people dwell on. Just our opinion. But uh, Different Strokes, like I said, really terrific show. Again, the entire series is available on DVD. It's no doubt streaming somewhere. Uh, it was coming on Antenna TV a couple years ago, but they moved it over to, I think, Retro TV. It's an all 80s station that we don't get. But uh, yeah, Different Strokes. There are a couple episodes of their entirety over on YouTube as well. Not that many. There are clips over there on the Norman Lear channel. Uh, there are a few, like I said, entire episodes. But again, one of our favorite TV shows. Loved it growing up. Still enjoy watching it today whenever we get a chance to see an episode. So this was an episode that we really, really were excited about getting together. And we were so glad to bring it to all of you today. And that will conclude today's episode of Two Sisters in a TV as we took a look back at Different Strokes. We'll have another episode later in the week. Thank you for subscribing and following this podcast if you've not done so. Because we follow and track um, our stats regularly. 
There are a lot of people who listen to this podcast, and we are so thankful for that. We get a lot of listens. A lot of people who listen, they haven't subscribed. If you want someone to listen, that's fine. You don't have to subscribe. You don't have to follow the podcast. Thank you for listening. So, um, you know, if you just want to listen, that's totally fine with us. But if you subscribe and you hit that follow button, then you won't miss any episodes. When when an episode uh, is released, you will know about it immediately. But if you just want to listen, again, please keep listening because we just love the fact that knowing that our content is being listened to so much. So that makes us feel very, very grateful. We're very appreciative of that. Also, if you like, leave us a rating and a review because those also are really, uh, you know, a great way to brighten our day. Again, we will have another episode later in the week and we will see you on the next episode.